I hope you'll look with me at Scripture today. We're in James, the first chapter. We are in a new series that has to do with faith. The faith in the book of James, the faith of understanding what God's Word is saying to us, how God's Word teaches us who we are and what we're about. It makes a difference as we look at this book. So I encourage you, if you have your Bible with you, maybe you have your phone or your iPad or you're with your family or wherever you might be today to look at God's Word, to be able to see in James chapter 1, where we are today, all the things that are going on in the world around us, the struggles, the trials, the problems, the issues that are before us, we might be able to look at God's Word and see how it speaks into our lives. What the Bible teaches us, what the Bible teaches us about trials that we're into, and that's where we are today in James chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, we'll be looking at that together. You know, life is hard, and there are hard things about life, and we always think it's going to get easier, right? And we think in terms of life will get easier for us as we go through it. It'd be, be easier for us as kids as we grow up. You know, life's going to be easier when I get in high school. Or life is going to be easier when I get a girlfriend. Or life will be easier when I don't have that boyfriend. Life's going to be easier when I go to college. Life's going to be easier when I get a job, a good job, a better job, or a better job. Life's going to be easier when I get married. Life's going to be easier when I have more time to give or more free time. It's all about life getting easier. When I look toward retirement or the kids leaving the house and I have more financial resources. Well, we always think that way from life is going to get easier because life is hard. It's difficult. James speaks to that in the first chapter. He speaks to this difficulty as we understand it. He speaks to the trials that we're going through. The book of James is one of the earliest writings of the New Testament, written probably in the 40s, not too many years after the resurrection of Christ, the beginning of the church. James is noted as the half-brother of Jesus who started off having no faith in his brother, not realizing that Jesus was the Messiah, but through the crucifixion and through the resurrection and through seeing all that Jesus had done and was doing, he came to faith in Christ as the Messiah. And he writes about that in this little letter. He writes in this letter to those who are scattered, mostly to Jewish families, Jewish believers who are now trusting in Christ. He writes to them in a difficult time. There are hard things going on. There are struggles all around that are happening. But James gets to the point in this letter about faith what it means to have a growing faith, what it means to have the reality of a faith that is so strong. Helping us now to understand this kind of faith and how we live through this. So I want us to look today at this first 12 verses of the first chapter of James. Life is hard. He begins to talk about trials. So if you have your Bible, let's look together at the very first thing he tells us in verse 2 of chapter 1, which I'm calling the reality of trials. The reality of trials, the fact that trials are going to be all around us. He says, consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter, when you face various trials, different kinds of trials. He tells us immediately that we're going to face them. He tells us immediately that these trials are going to come into our lives and we're going to be facing them head on. This idea of being able to come in contact with them, he uses the word encounter. It's, it's a face-to-face understanding that there are going to be trials in our life. The word trials that he used here in this part of the first chapter 
has to do with outward circumstances, the things that are going on around us in our life. And he says that we're going to encounter these kind of various trials. Now, the word various has to do with different It has to do with the understanding. There are lots of different things around us. There are big things that happen. There are small things that happen. There are things that happen all around us that create this pressure that we're going to encounter. And he calls them these various trials that we are going to face. He also gives us that idea of of falling into a trial. The idea that we didn't see it coming, but it happens. Now, I know we are going to recognize those It's going to be when you walk into your employer and that employer says your job is no longer available or it walk into your family and a husband or a wife says, I no longer love you and I'm going to go with someone else. A financial failure of something that's happened, even we've seen as in these days that we have walked through the struggles financially of job loss and economy changes and unemployment rates, these trials that we did not see coming that have befallen us. That's the word. That's the idea. So we can't miss that when James starts his teaching for us as followers, he starts with the understanding that there is reality of trials coming into your life. Either we're walking through those trials or they're before us. Whatever it is, James gives us the understanding that they are real, that they affect us, they make change come in our life, and we have to deal with them. And he gives us some insights then into this passage on how we're going to deal with them. He helps us as he talks about the reality, as he moves down to verse 3, he begins to talk about this reasons for these trials. If we know they're going to be true, if we know these trials are going to happen, then why are these trials coming our direction from outside sources that we did not see? How is God going to use these trials in our lives? And he helps us with that in verse 3. He says, knowing that the trials or the testing, he uses the word testing here, the testing of your faith is going to produce, so there's a, something that's going to be happening, it's going to produce for us this fruit, this endurance that's going to come. That's the word he uses, is producing the idea of a, a tree that's producing something, a, a plant that's producing something, there's, there's production happening because of these trials. We oftentimes don't think of trials that direction. We often think of trials as being something that might teach us or that we have to learn from that we don't even want to. But here James says that they are producing in us. There's a fruit that's coming out of these trials, this testing, and he tells us what it is. He says the fruit that's coming out of this testing is patience, the word that he uses here, endurance, steadfastness, that might be another word that we use in this case. Those words are the meaning of this text, that when we are at a place where we have the testing and the trials going around us, what we begin to recognize is that they lead us somewhere, they guide us somewhere, they guide us to produce a steadfastness in our life. James speaking to the early believers, James speaking to us, says that this trial that you're walking through has at its purpose and is very reason to produce in us as followers of Christ a steadfastness, a patience, an understanding of what God is doing and what God wants to do. Always for his glory, always for our good. 
Now, that's a hard part for us sometimes because we don't understand these trials that we've fallen into, but the understanding that they are for the glory of God, they are our good, and they are producing in you and in me an idea, an understanding that we are steadfast in what we're doing. So James has told us then already that these trials, these outward struggles, that there is a reality that they're going to happen to all of us. There is a reason that these trials are coming. We're always asking why we're looking for a negative reason most often. Here, James says the reason is positive. The positive reason is it is producing in us a steadfastness, a patience that we need to have and need to understand. He goes on to tell us inside this that there is a way for us to respond to the trials. So if we have the reality of the trials, we have the reason for the trials, then how does James tell us that we ought to respond? The first thing he tells us is in verse 2. In verse 2, he says, consider it all joy. Wow, what a counterintuitive statement. Why in the world would you go through trials and consider it joy? He uses that idea that the first way that we're going to respond is the understanding that we are counting what happens as joy in our life. Why? Because of the reason. Because it's producing in us this fruit, right? It's producing in us a level of maturity that he tells us about there in that next verse. So this joy is one of the ways that we're going to respond. We're responding with joy. Now go on into verse 5. And then he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives all generously without any finding of fault by any reproach, and it's going to be given to us. So here he gives us a second way to respond. If the first way to respond is counting it joy, the second way to respond to the trials around us is prayer, asking God to do a work in us, asking God to give us a wisdom to understand what's going on, asking God to give us and enlighten us to how to walk through the trials that we're dealing with. That comes from a time of prayer. So here James is teaching us that as we are responding to the trials, those outward struggles that we're going through, as we're responding to those, we respond by counting the joy that's going to come as we know that God is working for our good. And then as we are praying, we're asking him for wisdom inside the trials that we're having. See how these fit together? They fit together in such a way to help us as believers. James James is trying to help the early believers. He's trying to help us as the church. How do we deal with all the things that are going on around us? We recognize that God is in control, that God has his sovereign work at hand, and he has it for us, for, for us to be able to walk through life, to be able to deal with how to deal with things. How do we do that? By asking him for wisdom. That's what he wants out of our life. So we see that our response is, verse 2, that we're going to respond by counting things joy. Verse 5, that we're going to respond by praying to God and asking God to do a work inside us. And then going to verse 6, he says, but he must ask in faith. So now he tells us that our attitude of coming to God is an attitude of faith. 
So as much as we have an attitude of joy and an attitude of prayer, now he says our attitude is going to be one of faith. The Bible speaks much about faith. James speaks much about faith. Oftentimes we talk about the whole book of James that we'll be walking through over these next weeks. Oftentimes we think about James as being faith in action, a work in faith. The work that comes out of our faith is what he begins to teach us even here. Faith is vital in our lives. And it's an attitude of faith that's where we place our hope, or where we place our focus. And our response to the trials around us come out of our attitude of faith. Go on in this verse when he says, but he must ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, tossed around. That's the imagery that he gives us. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. Now in this, he is saying our focus, because we are being matured in our steadfastness, is being able to say the Lord Lord, we're going to respond to you by an attitude of faith. Yes, we're going to have an attitude of joy. We're going to have an attitude of prayer. But underlying inside that also is our attitude of faith. We are putting our faith, our trust in what the Lord is doing. During these trying days, as followers of Christ, our faith must be in Christ and in Christ alone. He is the one who is making the difference in you and through you. It is in Christ. He goes on to tell us not only must we have a response of an attitude of joy and a response of an attitude of prayer and a response of an attitude of faith, but then he goes into verse 9, 10, and 11. And he says in these verses, but the, hum, the brother of humble circumstances is the glory in his high position, is, is to do that. And the rich man is to glory in his humiliation. Now, these are interesting verses that we get to in 9, 10, and 11. And I encourage you to read them and to let them sink into your life. Because it's another reason that we are going to get through these trials. Another understanding of how we respond to the trials that are in our life. This response now in these verses has to do with our dependence upon God. Whether we have a lot or whether we have nothing. If we have nothing, then our dependence is on God because we know that all things come from him. If we have a lot, our dependence is on God because we know all things come from him. So James in these verses says very clearly that one of the ways now we're responding is to be able to recognize our dependency of all that we have is upon not what we do, not on our abilities, not on our strengths, but what God has already done through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what he's talking about. So he is saying the reality of the trials that are around us, they're for sure going to happen, right? And the reason is to move us into a place of steadfastness, into a place of maturity, in a place that we're growing. And our response to that is an attitude of joy that he tells us in verse 2, an attitude of prayer that he tells us in verse 5, an attitude of faith that he gives us in verse 6, 7, and 8, and an attitude of dependence that he tells us in verse 9, 10, and 11. I hope you'll read those, look at those, and let those just speak into your life. And then the reward of trials is where he ends in verse 12. He says, Blessed is the one who per perseveres, 
who keeps moving forward, who goes through these trials. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. James concludes this section with an understanding that we are blessed, that there is a blessing that comes out of being faithful even in the midst of trials. And that's where I want to leave you today. Praying, helping you to focus on God's word, helping you to see this verse 12. I hope you'll read it again. I hope you'll just make it a part of your own life. Because he says that as we are faithful through these trials, these things that we go through, our reward is the crown of life, the reward of an abundant life, and reward of an eternal life. For God so loved our world so much that he gave Jesus, his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. That's what he promises the crown of life to us as we walk through these trials. Let's pray together as we conclude today. Father, we thank you so much for your great love to us. We pray that you would guide us through the everyday trials of life, that in all these things you might get the glory as we know all the things we walk through is for your glory and for our good. In Christ's name we pray, amen.